0: Welcome to What's Your Plan, a podcast dedicated to offering D.C. residents and their families resources and solutions to one of society's biggest challenges, the caregiving and long-term care crisis. Here's your host, long-term care specialist, Noel A. Evans. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Noel Evans with What's Your Plan, and today I'm really excited to have a good friend of mine and an industry expert, Steve Kane. And we're going to have a conversation about the basics of long-term care, long-term care insurance, some of the myths that um, surround long-term care, and some of the updates that are happening in the market, which I think will be useful to everybody listening in today. So first of all, Steve, welcome.
1: Thank you, Noel. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for uh, joining today. And Steve, uh, where are you and how are you?
1: Uh, I am in Los Angeles, California. And I am doing great. It's been a a great summer and, um, you know, family's doing well. And from a business perspective, it seems like uh, the light bulb has finally been turned on uh, as it relates to long-term care planning.
0: Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Obviously, I know a lot about you, but my audience would love to learn more.
1: Sure. I'm I'm a uh, 20-year long-term care insurance nerd. (laughs) um, (laughs) I've been a long-term care planning consultant for uh, 20 plus years. Wow. Um, it's really a a passion of mine beyond an occupation. Uh, I had some family experiences, um, early on in my career that really made me focus on this segment of the financial services world. Um, you know, the issue of long-term care just resonated with me, given what I saw uh, in my immediate family and, uh, was able to, to parlay that into a career. So I lead a firm called LTCI partners and we're a large national brokerage specializing in long-term care insurance solutions we distribute both uh, traditional long-term care the uh, pay-as-you-go continuous pay type of long-term care and then we also uh, distribute life insurance plus long-term care uh, solutions and primarily we work with advisors and their clients so we go out and secure a national working relationships with big financial services firms and that gives us access to the advisors so I, I like to think of us as the advisor's advisor. Now, we certainly work with consumers out there, but it's usually through uh, some type of financial services professional, of a, a, a financial planner, a wealth manager, a CPA. We're kind of brought to a conversation through those people.
0: That's right. That's right, Steve. And I, I think it's fair to say that and most of what you do is really in the group or worksite space, correct? And
1: You know, it, it, it used to be, um, you know, I would say 90% in the individual marketplace, right. the retail marketplace. And then over the last few years, that's shifted. So I, I probably spend most of my time today in the, the worksite marketplace, but we still have a large piece of our business uh, that deals with individual consumers.
0: So if someone's listening today and they don't know what any of this means, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the main difference between someone, uh, who would be looking at an individual, you know, traditional policy or asset based policy, which has a life insurance component to it versus group or work site. And, you know, I could talk about this, but I want to hear what you have to say. What, what's the main difference really? So employer, employer,
1: take a step back. Um, mm-hmm. About 30 years ago, maybe 35 years ago, insurance companies saw an opportunity to help build these products to supplement where Medicare stopped, right, and and doesn't pay for long-term care. So Medicare will cover about 100 days of long-term care services and support. Right. But then, you know, we can all think to family members, loved ones, friends, that have needed more than three months of care. So these insurance companies years and years ago built products to provide a monthly benefit for people to receive care at home, in assisted living facilities, adult daycare facilities, and skilled nursing facilities. Right. So that's long-term care insurance. Mm-hmm. And when they first built these products, it was pure insurance. And traditional long-term care means I, I pay as I go. Right. And when I go on claim, You know, my premiums are waived, but if I don't need long-term care services and support, I don't get any return of premium. I don't get any money back. It's kind of like your homeowner's insurance or your auto insurance. Right. And for a very long time, that product dominated the marketplace. But then you saw consumers kind of raise their hands and say, wait a second, what if I pay into this policy for 20 years, 30 Mm -hmm. years and not need it? What do I get? Sure. And, And so that created an opportunity for these insurance companies to combine life insurance and long-term care together. right? And so, win, lose, or draw, your clients or or people can get something. And over the last, I would probably say 10 years, that's been the the majority of sales in the industry have been these combination life and long-term care plans. Just a lot easier for people to get their arms around. I know that no matter what, uh, my family is going to see a benefit if I purchase one of those policies. Also, many of those policies have guaranteed premiums. Right. So, we all want, as consumers, sure. certainly, like, tell me what this is going to cost right. now. Exactly. Tell me what it's going to cost later. Right. And those products have um, guaranteed premiums. So, I, I just find that it probably appeals or attracts to a larger consumer base out there.
0: I agree. And you know, I started working with Steve back in 2019 a few months before COVID hit. And I think uh, one of the things that we've seen in the industry in the past few years is heightened awareness around long-term care because of what COVID and the pandemic brought out, but there's other reasons for that. Steve, what are your thoughts on that, and why do you think so much long-term care planning is top of mind now? Uh, what what are some of the things that caused that to happen?
1: Yeah, I agree with you on the COVID side, right? Yeah. Uh, it was that slap in the face moment, right, where we all became heightened uh, you know, acutely aware of our health today mm-hmm. and then our long-term health. So conversations about healthcare and retirement planning became front of mind or much more easy to talk about with clients. But beyond that, I would say it's just personal experience. I think it's it, the demographic shift that we're in the middle of. So no, you know, we're good friends. You know me, I'm, I'm 49 years old, Yep. Uh, two teenage daughters that just run me. Um, <laughs> And my mom also runs me. Sure. You know, my mom is 83 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, she lives five miles away. We're so blessed to have her in our lives. And she plays a big role in our lives. But uh, she lives at home with a home health care aide coming in three to four days a week. Okay. And we're paying out of pocket, right? We, we didn't have or, or plan with long-term care insurance. She was uninsurable sure. at the time I brought it up. So we're paying about fifty five hundred dollars a month for her home health care. Right, it's not fun. No, um, my brothers and I are are in a um, fortunately in a situation where we split up the premium yep. three ways, and we're managing. But no, I got a call last week from her caregiver saying mm. inflation is impacting her. Uh-oh. Like she's saying, Steve, I need more money. Yeah, and we absolutely love this caregiver. My mom loves her. We don't want to change anything. Right. And so we're kind of at her mercy, right. you know, it was a conversation I had where I'm like, okay, how much do you need? Right. How much do you want? And so it's just consuming. I mean, um, managing the, the, the relationship with the caregiver, doctor's appointments, you know, stuff happens. There's a fall, you know, or about yeah. a month and a half ago my mom rear-ended a senior partner at a national law firm. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry to laugh. <laughs> you know, thank God. I mean, I'm sorry for laughing, but thank God. Everybody's yeah. okay. My yeah. mom and the partner. Good. Uh, my mom has no idea how it happened. <laughs> but that led to doctor's appointments. That led to conversations with the senior partner, making sure we weren't going to get sued. Right. And conversations with my brothers about her ability to drive. And and so what I'm saying is my story is not unique. Right. Uh, there are people out there that are nodding their heads yes when listening to this because they've been through it. Sure. And because of that, we've seen much greater activity in long-term care insurance planning. And we'll continue to see that because this demographic shift is just taking off. Um, I'd also say like when it comes to work site opportunities, um, there's a buzzword in the retirement planning industry called either retirement readiness mm-hmm. or financial wellness. Right. And, in addition to encouraging people to contribute to their 401ks, um, these these companies now are saying, "Hey, you got to think beyond your 401k. What's the biggest risk to somebody in their retirement? And if you look at it, it's healthcare. Absolutely. And and if you narrow it down even further, it's long term care is the biggest ticket item. So we've been having a lot of conversations with employers, yep. uh, with individuals that that work for large employers." where they look at this as kind of an ancillary piece to that retirement readiness program. And that's been gaining steam for us. And then lastly, and and Nolan, you and I are engaged in a lot of these conversations is we've seen tremendous legislative activity around state mandated long-term care programs. Not only did we see a state out West in Washington come up with a program, but there are about 10 States that are examining a public or taxpayer financed long term care program. And so that's led to tremendous opportunities in us working with employers who want to kind of get ahead of any state mandated programs.
0: And you know, the reason that states are doing this is because their budgets are being severely impacted by Medicaid expenditures, Medicaid, not Medicare, right? So that's correct. Um, you know, Steve and I lived this a couple of years ago. There's still a lot of, uh, of reverberations from that going on. One thing I wanted to circle back to, you live this every day. You're a specialist, I'm a specialist, and even you just said, you know, with your mom's experience, it's been a challenge, you know, A, because your mom wasn't able to get long-term care. So, let's let's talk to our audience. When do you think someone should begin looking at long-term care insurance, either as an individual or if they're fortunate enough to have an employer that offers it?
1: Yeah, I mean... I just waited too long to talk to my folks about it. You know, that's the bottom line. I I point the blame squarely on me uh, in that scenario. Um, I'm not sure the message is gonna resonate for somebody in their early 40s. Right. uh, Unless they've had a personal experience. Right. What's the sweet spot for the insurance in terms of the optimal age to buy? Mm -hmm. I would say in the late 40s, early 50s. That's not to say we don't have people buying in their 60s or mid 60s and up. It just gets more expensive. And harder to get. That's that's great. You know, there is medical underwriting with the insurance uh, on the individual side of right. the house. So the bottom line is it's it's not for everybody. Right. Right. The, the insurance um, having a long term care plan should be for everybody. Mm-hmm. But when does the re- message resonate? It is mm-hmm. the real question here, because I'm tuning it out in my 30s and early 40s. As you get a little bit older, you know, in your 40s, you start thinking about what's next. You also have personal experience with mom or dad. Um, so I, I think it's an event-triggered decision. You know, something in your life triggers you to, to m- examine more closely this insurance. And that could be a birthday. Yep. It could be an inheritance. A divorce. It be, yeah, it could be a, a health issue that you have right. personally that makes you think. It could be your kids who are... You know, off the payroll, right. out of college and off the payroll. And, and so you're now you're thinking, I've got some extra dollars to play around with. Maybe I'll do this. Um, but I would say if you're listening, um, you know, think about it, you know, in your late 40s, 50s are probably the optimal time to buy the insurance, either traditional or hybrid life plus long term care.
0: But I also think, Steve, you know what we went through in 2021 in Washington State, which was the first state to launch a publicly funded long-term care program uh, known as the CARES Act. And you and I had l- hundreds of conversations with employers, and we would get on calls with their HR team and you know, they were kind of forced to look at it because of this payroll tax, right? Now, our position was, you know, you need to make this decision on your own, and you shouldn't have this payroll tax necessarily influence purchasing long-term care insurance. But what we, I think what we both found was a lot of people would look at this in their 30s and say, hey, you know, this is really affordable. It's portable if I leave my employer and the underwriting is guaranteed or simplified, right? So I, I think that's something, if you're listening, you should think about. And if your employer offers long-term care insurance, you really should take a look at it. Whether it's open enrollment period, with you know, kind of similar to your other other open enrollment, but I think you know, right now, Steve, you and I are seeing all over the place LinkedIn, all kinds of different journals and articles uh, talk about the legislation. You know, and I'm in Washington D.C., yeah. so yeah, you know, I see a lot of it. We both are involved in different working groups. What is your forecast for this type of legislation? Because I think too many people are under the assumption that it's coming to their state, you know, and I've got to do this now because of the payroll tax.
1: Yeah. First, I want to jump back for a second to to talk about, you were talking about the kind of the optimal time to buy and what what we're seeing in the worksite. Right. And I'll just tell you, in our individual practice, in that statement of our business, we see the average purchase age at about 57. Okay. And the worksite side, it's about 48. Okay. And so what that tells us is if educated about it, right. if, if this is brought to my attention, people will look at this and consider it and buy it younger. Sure. You know, that's the bottom line. And what are you doing when you buy younger? You're locking in your age. You're locking in your good health. Or in on the worksite side of the house. There, there might be simplified or guaranteed issue, meaning you won't have to answer medical questions. And, right. Uh, I'd love here to uh, sit here and, and think different, but – You know, we're never usually healthier than we are today. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Now, going back to, like, what do I see um, on the state level? I don't know, Noel. It's politics, man. Yep. Um, You know, all of these states are looking at their Medicaid expenditures, and they are looking at their senior populations or populations that will turn into seniors, age into seniors. And they're saying, hey, we need to do something. This could bankrupt Mm -hmm. our state if we don't uh, put a Band-Aid on it. And oftentimes, these taxes, you know, publicly financed. That means we're paying for it. These publicly financed taxes enable the state to put a Band-Aid on, you know, these expenditures and take a bite out of it. And so um, it really comes down to what does the tax look like? Hey, I I live in California. We've got highest income tax, gas tax, (laughs) energy tax. Uh, plus inflation. Sure. But California has a long-term care insurance task force that's met 23 times. Right. That's posing a publicly financed tax. Right. And the question comes down to which legislators, if if a bill is put in front of them, are going to say, hey, you know what? It makes great sense to, to add another tax. Exactly. You know, I just don't know. I mean, I, I do think that it, we need to help more Californians and help people in different states plan for long-term care. I'm not convinced that these programs are the best option. I agree. Uh, however, um, I, I certainly understand why these states are doing it, but it comes down to which, you know, legislator is going to feel comfortable with adding on a 0.60% of your earnings tax, right. 1% of your earnings tax, 2% of your earnings tax. Sure. I'm just not sure. So I know for certain, you don't have to go out today right. and buy long-term care insurance. Um, but I also know that it's not a situation where when Noel and I meet with an individual or a couple and we, we share some ideas with them, they're not calling me back tomorrow saying they want to move forward. No. You know, It's just, no. it takes time to decide if you want to do this. This is a, a serious consideration and sometimes a long-term premium commitment. Yeah. So um, I would say start investigating this now, but there's no hard and fast deadline in which you must buy a long-term care insurance. I will just tell you that um based on my conversations with lobbyists, with state legislators, yep. with these industry working groups that I'm a part of, more and more states around the country are going to look at these programs as a way to reduce their Medicaid expenditures. Absolutely. You're not you're not going to see anything on the federal level We're No, see, not to see federal legislation around this. No. But on the state level it's possible.
0: Right. Right. And you know I think uh that's part of the awareness too. Um you know, you and I, Steve, we talk about this all the time. We're on, on these working groups together. I, My personal opinion on this is like, you know, you should be looking at long-term care insurance based on your personal need. You shouldn't be buying it to mitigate a payroll tax, right? I mean, that should be the ideal situation. What do you, when you're talking to clients or you're, you know, wh- what is one thing that anyone listening to this, to this podcast today can take away whether or not they can afford or qualify for long-term care insurance. What are some resources that exist out there? I know there's a lot of them in Washington, D.C. I know there's plenty in California. But what's one thing that you would suggest to someone who's listening today and doesn't really even know where to begin the conversation, kind of like you and your mom, right? What is, what is a tip? What is a thing that they can, yeah, I would they can say, do?
1: like Have the talk. Yep. Right? And I have, like, teenage daughters, and I'm not talking about that talk. Right? <laughs> I'm talking about have the talk about living a long life, yeah, and what that means. Sure. Uh, sometimes that's gonna lead to insurance as a way to finance the plan. right? Sometimes it's not. Yeah, sometimes it's a, a yellow legal pad, mm-hmm. you know, or something that's more formal that's put into your estate plan, right. But what I find more often than not is, because it's an uncomfortable conversation, mm-hmm. like people would rather go to the dentist, yeah, know. you know, than have this talk. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it saves families so much heartache Absolutely. And, and sometimes so much money yep. if you actually start the conversation. So, look, I'm a realist. Um, I had a great workout this morning. Yep. I eat relatively healthy. Yep. Um, good. I'm going to live a long life. But you know what that means that means I'm going to need some help, yeah. Probably to the end of it, sure. And that help is really expensive, and I don't want to be a burden on my spouse uh, or my kids. And so I, I, I am having the talk with my wife about this. I'm having, I included my kids in it and said, "Here's the plan. Great. You know, in the event that your mom or dad needs help at some point, sure. You know, we have this policy that will do this, right? And so that's my biggest thing, knows is, is, look, you and I can find insurance products that are really competitive and, Mm -hmm. and have everything that people need. But like it all starts with having a conversation with your loved ones about living a long life and the consequences of living a long life and not planning.
0: Absolutely. And another part of that, I think, and, and this is what your mom's going through is aging in place. Look, most people want to begin, uh, they want to stay in their home if they can, Oftentimes yeah. they can't because maybe they get Alzheimer's and they have to go to a memory care center. But I think the statistics bear out that most people begin receiving care at home. And if they can, they want to stay at home. Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit, aging in place and, and you know, versus going into a, an assisted yeah. living facility, uh, God forbid, a nursing home or a memory care center. Long-term care insurance works in all those settings, but there's a little bit of a different planning piece to that,
1: right? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, first of all, I look at cost, and overwhelmingly the cost of, of a private room in a skilled nursing home is the most expensive yeah. type of long-term care services and support, depending on where you are in the country. It could be right. anywhere from ninety to $150,000 a year, yep. right? That type of care. Assisted living is a little bit less expensive, but we're seeing those costs spike, overwhelmingly people want to stay at home where they're uh, they've grown accustomed to and they're comfortable. And in my mom's situation, that's where my mom's going to be. Right. Um, even if we have to dial up the amount of days our Mm. caregiver has to come in or the amount of hours, um, if it's medically safe for my mom to stay at home, that's where she's going to be. And we have seen over the last few years an increase in the cost of those services, Mm -hmm. um, there's inflation on that, not yep. just with the the, the cost of, of home health care because of inflation, but there's a significant shortage of caregivers yep. out there today. And that's gonna drive the price up. It's a supply and demand issue. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people are gonna demand these services. So these agencies and these caregivers are gonna say, you know what? We're gonna go up from twenty six bucks an hour to thirty-two. And and they could do it. Yes. Right? Because we're yeah. willing to pay that. So um, you know, the bottom line is I, I think For most people, home care is where it's at. Um, And I think what we're going to see, forget about insurance for a second, is advances in the way we care and support for our elderly who want to stay at home and age in place. And what I mean by that is videos. You know, if you have, you know, uh, technology. Yeah. If you have sensors on the couch, if you have motion detectors that have detected that your loved one hasn't got off the bed in a day and a half. Sure. Things like that. uh, Bring on the robots. AI. Yeah, absolutely. I know it sounds like George Jetson kind of stuff, but that's all coming. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I think there would be uh, technological advances that enable us to stay at home longer and, and be cared for in a better way. I agree. I think those are all
0: great points. You know, looking in the industry, and I know most people listening to this aren't really going to understand uh, about carriers and the different products out there, Um, but what do you think? And I I know it's hard to look too far ahead, but I feel like we've had some new carriers come in the market in the past year or two. We've got some newer products out there, which gives consumers more choices Anything that you want to talk about in that, you know, regard? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but how do you see things progressing on the carrier side with product innovations and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think you're going to see continued um, entries into the marketplace on the traditional long-term care side and on the hybrid life plus long-term care side. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not approached by an insurance company. I'm talking about Fortune 500 sure. companies, big names, big brands mm-hmm. that want to play in this space. Right. You know, they're looking at the the baby boomers and Gen X, uh, yeah. you know, generations saying, hey, we know this is going to be an issue. We know this is going to be more front of mind than it's ever been before. And we want to create products to serve those markets. Right. And so I'm, I'm bullish on the market entries that we'll likely see. But I think what's more important than slapping out a product mm-hmm. is to enhance the process. Right, No, You know, it's hard for people to go out there and buy long-term care insurance. It is. Uh, we, are, we are all like culturally conditioned to buy things on Amazon, right. or have that kind of experience. I, in fact, I was on a webinar earlier this morning, and I'm multitasking, <laughs> buying razors on Amazon, <laughs> you know, and watching the webinar. And right. I hit a click and tomorrow. It's going to be here. Wow, and I and know. what I'm saying, it's crazy. Is I'm pushing the insurance companies, not just to come out with competitive products, right. but to make the process as easy as can be. I'm Absolutely. talking about an issue yeah. online, I can buy from my phone, kind of frictionless process. Sure. I think that's going to be the next advancement. In fact, one of the um, insurance companies uh, that I was talking to recently, they used the line that I loved and they said, process is the new product. Yeah, I love that. We, if we can make the process easy, more people will plan. Because look, you and I both know from personal experience, you get that one
0: customer, that one case, which just doesn't go smoothly. The customer gets agitated, and you know, maybe one. You have a couple. One of them gets declined. The process takes too long. You got to get medical records. So this is all stuff that I think can be improved upon. You know, I think one of the things that I always talk to my clients about, Steve, is you know, long term care insurance is peace of mind insurance. I think once someone is properly educated on it um they make the commitment to move forward whether it's an individual policy or through their employer and I can speak to this the customer gets approved their policies in force and they often will say to me and I think you might echo this is I should have done this sooner or this is really a relief. Now that this is done, I can plan for my retirement better. I don't have to worry about being a burden on my, you know, kids who might live across country. What are, how do you, when you're talking to people about, you know, the non tangible pieces of long term care insurance, like peace of mind, being a yeah. companion rather than a caregiver, you know, what are you hearing from consumers or from, you know, carriers yeah, so you know,
1: in the in that I'm, space? I'm fascinated with with what you're talking about right now because it's really hard to get people to plan for the unknown yep. 30 years from now, 20 years from now. Totally. And that's, that's one of the big challenges in our industry beyond technology. Like I just mentioned yeah. is how do we change human behavior?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and I think a part of that is to let people know what they have today when they plan for long-term care. And, and the biggest part of that is, peace of mind. Yep. Right? Um, You know, I don't have to worry about this event. It, it may, may well happen, mm-hmm. but I know I've got a plan for it. And that gives me comfort. Uh, number two, it gives them a tax free financing strategy in the event that it does happen. You have tax free dollars that are going to flow into you or the agency or the facility that you're in right. to pay for this care. Um, today, I'm locking in my my age and my good health yep. if I secure the coverage. And we just know stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And if I wait five years, ten years, you know, I might have a medical issue that precludes me from getting coverage. Absolutely. Um, and then also, I, I would say knowing that I have kind of a team behind me to help guide me through this scenario. So included in all of these long-term care insurance policies is care coordination. Yep. And what that means is you have somebody that you can depend on to help you uh, interview home health care agencies, uh, help you negotiate discounts with these agencies, and to manage, monitor, and adjust the plan of care along the way. That's right. And uh, and I like that. I, I have that concierge mentality where, hey, somebody's going to help me with that, yes. and I can kind of wipe my hands clean from it.
0: And that's very um, valuable. And that's a very valuable part of this process, I think.
1: Totally. So I, I think if we're going to be effective talking about long-term care with, with people out there, we got to tell them what they get now. Yeah. Um, we got to stay away from statistics that try to scare people. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like to buying yeah. whether it's a statistic or scaring somebody by a potential tax that, with these publicly financed programs. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I think we stay away from that. We make the process easy and we make it affordable. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, everybody's got a budget. Sure. A monthly budget. And what we can do is design something that fits within somebody's monthly budget. Right. So you can get some protection. Right. Uh, Might not be a total transference of the risk, but. Sure. You know, maybe I'm kicking myself. No, if I came back to my mom and dad, you know, 10 years ago, whenever the time was. Right. And I didn't come in with something so expensive right would have would have resonated. would we've been able to secure a policy that would have paid us three thousand a month and and I cover the the twenty two hundred a month absolutely you know, I, I would have been thrilled I would do a backflip if we could have done that yeah so I, I think that's a, a key to you know success in our industry
0: I agree. Um, we're about to uh, run out of time here, Steve, but I wanted to uh, end the conversation with one. And let you come up with one final thought, something that you would, um, you know, tell the audience that you maybe you wish you knew 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago um, about this whole industry, this whole, you know, topic of long term care and caregiving.
1: Yeah, I would say two things. Number one, have the talk. Yep. What's the worst thing that can happen? If you have a, a discussion about longevity mm-hmm. and, and planning with your loved ones, right. like, there's no downside to that, sure. number one. And number two, when it comes to an insurance uh, solution, I would say don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I love that. Uh, you know, Something is better than nothing. If you can afford $100 a month mm-hmm. you know, to allocate to an insurance contract, that's going to provide a significant benefit. And a meaningful
0: benefit. Absolutely. And I think uh, one thing we'll touch on before we leave, these policies, um, you know, they, the benefit pool grows over time because typically you're attaching an inflation piece to that, right? So I think that's one thing people listening today should understand. You're essentially buying a pool of money that's going to grow so that when you get into your later years and the likelihood of you needing long-term care is, is greater, that benefit has grown over time. I think sometimes that gets left out. Um, cool. Hey, Steve, listen, it's it's always great talking with you. I really appreciate your time. Let the um, audience know how they can get a hold of you and, um, you know, what's the best way to contact you.
1: Yeah, just, just check out the website at, at uh, www.ltcipartners, as in long-term care insurance, partners, right. plural, dot com.
0: And it's super user friendly. And Steve, thanks again. And I appreciate your time.
1: All right. Be well. You've been listening to What's Your Plan with
0: long-term care specialist Noel A. Evans. For more information, click the Programs tab and the What's Your Plan page at dcradio.gov.